0: Hey everybody, this is Chris Gilmore with the Sports Card Insider Podcast by FreedomCardboard.com. You may remember us from a couple of years back, you may not. We had a podcast we ran from like 2014 to 2016. Uh, we were bad at it, but we're back because we really hate ourselves. Uh, with me, I have uh, I have my co-owner of FreedomCardboard.com, Tim. And we have a, a new guy we're going to introduce to you. You may have already seen him. It's uh, Jeff Kepinger. Of the Chicago White Sox, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates originally. Uh, my most memorable work with him was with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Jeff, you want to take a second and introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, how's it going everybody? Jeff Kepinger here. He also forgot the San Francisco Giants, Houston Astros, Kansas City Royals, and the New York Mets. Wow. Then I was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well-traveled. That I am.
0: <laughs> and, of course, Tim. You want to tell us who you are?
1: Hello, guys. Tim Rashidi.
2: I am the newer owner of freedomcardboard.com and a lifelong friend of Chris for the last 10 years.
0: Well, it's been longer than 10. It was, it was 2008. <laughs> like 12,
2: 13. It was, was two thousand. So, again, we're like 11 years.
0: Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my wife likes you better than I do. She instantly gravitates. She definitely
2: does, and I like your wife way better than I like you. So uh,
0: everybody does, <laughs> Jeff. You'll get you'll get to meet her eventually. She wasn't home when you when you came over earlier, but uh, Jeff Jeff lives down the road from me. So unlike Tim, who's in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Yep,
2: Wisconsin. <laughs>
0: Wisconsin. He's a badger. <laughs> He's, he's a Cowboy fan. I mean, if we're I'm mean, i a Cowboy
2: fan in Packer country. I used to be a, pack, uh, a Cowboy fan in Eagles country, so uh, this is a oh. little bit better. Ooh. They're nicer here.
0: Yeah, Eagles fans are not nice.
2: Yeah, They're Central cool. Jersey born and brazed, I guess, but uh, it was not fun being a Cowboys fan there.
0: They booed Santa.
2: They did. They booed Michael Irvin when he almost broke his neck. Broke his actually they cheered i'm sorry they didn't they didn't but they actually cheered that.
1: <laughs> so so no cheese head for you huh
2: no 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 the problem is they're such nice people that even when they win they apologize which is weird <laughs> for me wow
0: well that's u- unique isn't it right yep <laughs> anyway we want to kind of bring bring our perspective to um two baseball card podcasts where we're kind of set up to where we have a, uh, uh an industry guy and, and me. I've been around the industry pretty much for the past decade and a half. Uh, I know the inner workings of it. I pretty much have, have, if, if there's an aspect to be dealt with from, from manufacturing to design to grading, flipping, um, it, it's me. I'm not really like, I haven't been that big of a collector in my tenure, but, but, but that's ca- kind of my experience. Whereas, tim and jeff bring or tim brings a collector perspective who does some flipping on the side but he's mainly a collector and and we also have jeff who whose background is obviously as a player but now as a collector so we think with with these three different perspectives we can kind of uh you know be a little entertaining and maybe shed some light on the way some of the things are inside the hobby definitely so without further ado, we're going we got we got some some things we want to talk about. Um so did you guys get in on the 2019 Bowman Draft Sapphire uh thing on tops.com? I did. You did? You I got did? about 6 boxes. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it it was really tough going um after the bots started getting involved. Well, um, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't
1: get in through the public, I got in through the club.
0: Yeah, I, 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 got, I got six through the club and a lot more through public, but um, public was rough. Like, I spent most of my day on that public website.
1: They were out pretty quick, weren't they?
0: Uh, it took a couple hours, but the site was down most of the time. You had,
1: man, you really had to just
0: keep refreshing and keep refreshing and keep refreshing.
1: A lot of new collectors in the hobby, man. They're all getting after those hot products and new products quick.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, right now there's uh, there's more like big voices out outside than ever pulling people in. You got you got Gary V and Darren Rovell talking up cards. Uh, you, you remember Yankee pitcher Phil Hughes? Yes. Phil Hughes has been a big voice in getting people into collectibles now too. Uh, if you know him, you might want to reach out to him and you know because he's up to a lot of good things with Phil's pulls. He and Midwest Box Break have this little thing 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 they're doing together. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Phil is, Phil is, he's used his social following from his time as a top prospect and his time in the big leagues, the Yankees and Indians, to kind of use that fame inside sports cards. So it's nice. It's a pretty good roadmap for, for, for someone who wanted to do that. Hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so how much were they selling for when they, they went on sale? So it's a $35 product, but there are no autographs. Okay, this is all based on the value of sapphire parallels, and if you look at um, boxes, you can see the secondary market pop. They're they're going on eBay for a hundred bucks a box, and the reason yep. they're doing this is because, and I've, I've I've got an eBay window up here on your screen for you people watching on YouTube. You can see that with our Suplex app, we can see what a uh, Fernando Tatis in PSA 10 Sapphire sells for, and if uh, seven seven hundred and ten dollars for a Sapphire base card, you got to think that the, the top end guys in Sapphire like 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 Rutsman and uh, are are, are going to be similar. There's no reason there's no reason that they shouldn't be. Uh, Four hundred and fifty dollars for a raw base card Sapphire of Tatis.
1: So yeah, you definitely have to figure when these prospects start to get there. I mean, I think it's going to take a little time, though.
0: I mean, that's just the thing for guys like Adley R- uh, Rutschman. I think I say say his name Rutschman. Uh, it's got a weird name, the Orioles catcher. But his Bowman Chrome Autos outsell Tatis by a pretty wide margin.
1: Yeah, I think that's craziness.
0: It is. It's nuts. <laughs> so I
1: think, I think uh, thing,
2: probably has something to do with Baltimore catchers. Remember the last one?
0: Matt Wieders? Yes. So,
1: yes.
0: there are 32 cards per box. There are 200 uh, players on the checklist. So, 200... I'm 32 I'm trying to math it out here. So, every six and a quarter boxes is going to have a $500 Rutzman base. So when you think about it that way, you can kind of see why the prices are where they are. I think Topps is dumb for pricing at
1: $35. Well, I think it has a lot why, to do though? with no autos.
0: Well, yeah, but still, I mean, the, the, there is value in, in, in rare parallels. And especially if you look, and I'm going to follow along here on the website, if you if you, if you look at the uh, parallels, Bowman's best, that's wrong, wrong tab. So there are parallels in this too. There's a blue Sapphire to 99. There's a green Sapphire to 50. Orange to 25. Gold to 15. Purple to 10. Red Sapphire to five. And what they're calling a shooter. What the? I don't know what, para- I don't know what that is. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's the 101, which would normally be a Super fracture. For some reason, they've decided not to be a Super Fractor. Um, but if you hit one of the, if you, if you hit just a base card of a big name, like a Rushman. Uh, uh, let's see. Let me look for other big names in here. Uh, yeah, but you
1: can't you can't compare the value of Tatis, who's already in the big leagues, and expect Rushman to already have that value immediately.
0: He does, though.
1: Well, I think that's going to fade off. I mean, from what I've seen from from the limited time I've been back in this hobby, you know, the the, the products are always hot when they first release, and then the prices drop after the first month.
0: Yeah. Um, if we look at, uh,
1: I mean, uh, let me let me ask you something. What what do you think Rushman's value is going to be if he goes out and hits two sixty in a ball next year?
0: Oh, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot at all. I I I think it's going to be rough just because he's just because he's a catcher.
1: No doubt. I mean, I, I can't tell you catchers don't hold no values.
0: They typically struggle.
1: They're 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 about equivalent as pitchers.
0: <laughs> if I could spell Rutschman, I would be doing doing really good right now. I'm gonna search for his first name.
1: <laughs> it's R. It's R U T S C H M A N, I, I believe.
0: So a blue blue refractor of Adley Rutschman just sold for a thousand dollars.
1: This is auto correct.
0: Yeah, it's auto blue refractor auto. Tatis draft auto blue
1: that's gonna be th- that's gonna be three three thousand
0: it, it's higher in BGS nine five uh, I clicked the wrong button I click sell one like this I don't have one of those <laughs> I deal in low-end not high-end so a BGS nine five went for 22 so maybe I'm a little off uh, so raw that puts it at around twelve, put, puts it around twelve to fifteen hundred. So it's not much more. Tatis, who has shown he can hit in the big leagues, is only five six hundred dollars more than Rutschman. Where are you gonna? Where's where where where's the card gonna go from there? If you're lucky and catch lightning lightning in the bottle, he's similar hobby to Tatis. But yeah, well, how many kind of, cards does
2: how many cards does Tatis already have?
0: Well, he has a ton, but I'm looking at their first Bowman draft.
1: But still, like I said, Rushman's Rushman's price is going to drop, so you got to compare it. Wait two months yeah. and then compare it.
0: I, I agree with you. I absolutely think it's going to drop. I don't think that it can. I don't think that it can hold. Uh, but you got some guys in here like uh, that that are that have good stories. You have other guys in here that are just good buys. Uh, JJ Billaday. Uh, the Marlins guy. Um, they are there, there's some pretty pretty big names in here as far as people from the June draft because this is all primarily June draft. You won't see uh Tatis, Alonzo, and um uh Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in this product. Like you have everything else in the year because it's a draft based product. Let's see.
1: Well, who was the number one pick last year?
0: Oh, it's was, it was Ad- Adley Rutschman. Uh, last... no, 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 no. Before that, yeah, but Was it 2018
1: draft? Wasn't it?
2: Was that Royce Lewis, or is he two years? Or is he three years?
0: No, was not Royce was Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis has been been there for a while. Um, I am cheating and looking it up. I don't know these things off the top of my head. So it was Casey Mize.
1: Oh, that's right. Mize okay.
0: Bart Bomb Madrigal, India. Well, I was to, yeah. Go ahead. I
1: I was trying to compare, you know, to what his prices were when when that product first released, you know, last year, to see like what Mize's first Blue Auto, but he's a pitcher, so yeah. you know, pitchers typically aren't aren't worth as much.
0: Well, let's look at Joey Bart was the number two, and Joey Bart's probably a good 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 example.
1: I'm gonna say he was 500 plus for the blue for the blue auto.
0: He was expensive. Uh, In the first,
1: well, he was actually this year, 2019 Bowman.
0: Did he not? Oh yeah, they they held him out of they held him out of draft for some reason. But you can still pick up his Bowman auto blue auto for 348 dollars, which seems like a damn steal, right?
1: Yeah. That but does. catcher,
0: catcher, yeah, catcher.
1: But that's 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 equivalent to Adley though. But then again, you know, uh, yes, they held Bart out of the product because they hold all the number two picks out, just like they held out uh, Bobby Witt this year.
0: Yeah, man, they gotta have something for two thousand twenty Bowman, along with um, the storm of of uh, of uh, what's uh, Alver- Alvarez. Yeah, Alvarez coming through. But for me, if I see Joey Bart at 340 I I think just as highly of jo- Joey Bart as I do of Rutzman. I do, too. You know, I mean... If I'm looking I think to-
2: Rutzman's Super Fractor went for... Actually, it's got four days left. It's at yeah. $16,800. Yeah.
0: Good grief. Super Supers are nuts, anyway.
2: And that's four days, and it's in Japan, which normally does kind of depress the end price because some people won't get involved, but $17,000 almost with four days.
0: So what do you think about a product without autographs selling for $100 a box on the secondary market? Do you think that's sustainable or a good thing, bad thing? What do you think?
2: When you look at it in a year, they'll be 35 bucks.
0: Uh, I don't know about Anybody that.
2: Anybody who's still got those boxes unopened in the year will be selling them for 35 bucks.
1: I disagree with that.
0: I firmly disagree. You think? I firmly disagree.
1: They when may the be, They may out? Be. There are no autos.
0: Well, no, it won't No, matter. I mean
2: when more autos come out.
0: Okay, so this is Sapphire. If you look at 2018 Topps Chrome Sapphire and look at what the Ronald Acuna is, because there's some rarity to these. It's... it's it's pretty; they're pretty tough to hit.
1: How many boxes are made?
0: Uh, my math says about 20,000. But they're small boxes. They're like blaster boxes.
1: Right. They're not okay. like big, so, big hobby boxes. All right, here's another question I have. So let's say the Bowman draft that just released. How many cases do they make of that?
0: Oh, um, tons. Tons. Uh, like, I, If I had pack odds in front of me, I could, I could, I could math it out.
1: Okay, I'm just trying to I'm trying to do the do the math. You know, if there's obviously there's over there's over a hundred thousand boxes of, of draft. Well, here's but the, right. twenty thousand boxes of this, you know, of this sapphire. It's it's it's, it's going to be a rarity. So I see it holding its value for sure. All right, so and how much
2: was a box? How much is Bowman? How much is Tops on the boxes for?
0: Uh, Thirty-five. Thirty-five dollars. I think it's way too low of a price. I think they should have doubled that price. Then they wouldn't have had well, such a trouble on their website. And plus, they'd be getting the money, not you know, people selling them on eBay.
1: I mean, I think can't can't you compare these these type boxes, even though they don't have autos? Can't you can can't you can uh, compare them to uh, Bowman Mega boxes?
0: No, I don't, because the Bowman Mega box cards are also found in the in the base product. This parallel version is only found in this product. So, with Topps Chrome, the Sapphire of Ronald Acuna is like three thousand dollars because it's so limited. It's a limited parallel, and there's not much else of him in the in the product.
1: Well, basically, I when I say the Mega Boxes, I'm talking the Mega Box packs for the Mega Box cards because oh. those cards are different.
0: Yeah, yeah, with the Mojo Refractors. Yes. Um, you could, you could. That, that's the closest parallel we have, and that's an excellent point. Um, however, last year, yeah, with the absolutely. name Sapphire, I think it gets kicked up a bit.
1: Because I mean, 2018 Bowman mega boxes don't don't they sell near near eighty dollars, a hundred dollars a box, and they were only twenty dollars a box when they came out. Yeah. That's- and you got to hand it to Tops; they put out something that was nice
2: for a collector or a seller. I mean, then they still. I mean, a twenty thousand boxes at thirty-five bucks, seven hundred thousand dollars. I mean, for something that, how much could it imagine? I can't imagine how much it could have cost to produce. A hundred thousand, maybe. No, not,
0: not even close. Five dollars a box, I mean, yeah. maybe. Uh, Cardboard ain't that much. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, is this is a, a rather expensive, uh, rather expensive. Printing process for for somebody like uh, we had this conversation earlier. These are all printed by a company called Cardamundi, uh, same ones that do Yu Gi Oh, Pokemon, and all that. I don't know what the current costs are. I'd be surprised if it was if, if the cost of production was over like over like six bucks a box on these. Yeah,
2: most so it's of the- still like maybe at most it was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, so but- they made about a half a million dollars on a product that was just a nice for. I mean, for a collector, it's great. You know, and for a flipper, it's also great. It's kind of a no-brainer for everybody, right?
0: Yeah. Well, most of the cost is in putting those major league logos on it,
1: right? Yeah, I, I think it's a good product. I like you said, it, it allows everybody to get involved with it.
0: So I'm mathing I think, out.
1: I'm... I think you're kind of a cynical.
2: So this is where I think Chris and Chris and I sometimes deviate and and and. Jeff, I'm wondering where you are on it. Sometimes it's nice to see a company just do something to do it. You know, they're putting out something. I'm pretty sure they could have put a $99.99 price tag on it and still sold a reasonable amount of them. So to, to actually see a company that could really gouge you if they wanted to put out a product like this for 35 bucks, I mean, I can't fault them for that. I mean, they could have made five times the money if they wanted to.
1: Yeah, the way the market is now, absolutely. But I mean, it, I think they look at it for long term too. I, I hope right. this is something they keep. I hope this is something they keep doing. Right.
0: I. I the, the. only thing I love about this is that it's uh, direct to consumer. Uh, I put in my time in the distribution channels, and I am so sick of what goes on at distribution and when the games it gets, get 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 played there that uh, going direct to the hands of the consumers even though there's some games going on there too but it's not as bad as what as one company holding 30% of the product does
1: well that's where i but think all the gouging is all the gouging is with the distributors
0: there, there's a lot of but
2: be careful what you wish for though because
1: yes. this is pretty much an
2: experiment for them they're going to figure out how to perfect this and how to do this the right way and once they do that there's going to be a lot of distributors that are going to be put out of business unless they just start to line up and buy it the well, same way we would. You know well, what I mean?
0: Well, the, here, here's the simple reason why distributors will never go away in sports cards. Liquidity. Um, when you're making these products, you're you're going to lay an egg like three, four times a year. Who's going to absorb that cost? Because you can't do it as a manufacturer. Uh, distributors have to buy it no matter what it is. So that means they still sell through their turds.
1: Yeah, I don't you, disagree with are, you. Are you saying the lower end products or the products that just the rookies aren't any good?
0: Uh, bad, dr- bad draft classes, bad, um, bad draft classes, bad concepts like your tops archives, uh, your uh, your gold label, just your products that don't perform well. All right. So I'm doing you. I'm doing the math. And I'm using because I have a box of 2019 Bowman Chrome here in front of me. So I'm so I'm doing the math and to see how many boxes of this was this was uh, created. It'll kind of give us a baseline for how much of the other products are created too. So if you look at the superfractors, the base superfractor, which there are 250 different superfractors in the set. There's 10,357 superfractors. We multiply that by by the number of possibilities, which is 250. We get two hundred and fifteen thousand seven hundred and seventy different different superfractors or different um our pack odds on the superfractors. So no, I did that wrong. Wait a minute.
1: Wait, say what? There's only twenty thousand <laughs> packs, right? No, 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 no,
0: there's a lot more than there's a lot more than that. So the superfractor is one in every ten thousand three hundred and fifty-seven packs. There are two hundred and fifty Super fractures. So that means there will be...
2: But Chris, you're talking about regular Chrome. You're not talking about Sapphire, right?
0: No, I'm talking about regular Chrome because I don't have a box of Sapphire yep. in front of me, which has the stated odds on it. Okay,
1: because so, I thought you were talking about Sapphire, which obviously there's one pack per box at 20,000 boxes, so there's only 20,000 packs. Yeah.
0: So there's 250 Super fractures that fall every 10,357 packs. So we take 250, we multiply that times the odds, times... So that means there. To, to, in order to get those odds, you have to produce two million five hundred eighty-nine thousand twelve hundred fifty packs, divided by 12 for the box, divided by 12 for the case... That means there are seventeen thousand nine hundred and eighty cases. Cases of two thousand nineteen Bowman chrome.
1: How, what's that number again?
0: Seventeen thousand nine hundred and eighty. Okay. So that could be and you can get there with the superfactor odds. Right. If I did that wrong, please send all hate mail to go at screwyourself.com. that's the official email address because i went to alabama public school and and that's just how my math goes and then you played fcc football right yeah for for a short very brief time most of it was spent okay most of it was spent in the uh fcs and uh d2 ranks so okay hey i was a boss in d2 let me tell you
1: <laughs> and what what did and what did you say the uh the card number was for the set for sapphire
0: uh there's two hundred cards in sapphire, but what we don't okay. know about sapphire is we don't know the odds that the superfactor's fall yet once we have that information we can math that out. My guess is there's going to be around twenty thousand boxes because it is a I can't super imagine how much a
2: super is going to go for I cannot imagine
0: probably about half what the actual draft superfactor goes for mm. Half the non-auto draft super The real value in Sapphire is the base cards.
1: So you're basically saying one out of every ten boxes, right? Or twenty boxes? Uh, I mean, two, two do twenty thousand divided by two hundred and whatever. because there's idea. only one pack. There's only one pack per box, so I mean that's that's easy math. Yeah,
0: that's every hundred. That puts every hundred boxes having a super rare. Oh,
1: that, yeah. There you go.
0: Yeah, every hundred boxes, and that's that's actually pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> you know, I think, that, I think people are going to be happy with this product.
0: I do, I do too, and then you have all the other parallels. These reds are going to look so sharp, because Sapphire Reds, and you saw them in last year's, in, in, in this year's Sapphire, the reds are just popping. Yeah. The blues are popping, Timmy's going to go nuts buying uh, Bryson Stott. Blues, <gasps> reds.
1: I just hit him. I just hit him in orange.
0: <laughs> yeah. T- T- Tim's oh, a did you really? I did. Like I told you, I'm
1: base in blue.
2: That's all I do. Yeah. Yeah, blue. That all blue. rhymed. Wow, that was kind of poetic. Base blue, and blue is sexy.
0: I, well, what I like to do with Bowman, I like to try to match team colors if possible. Like on Rutsman, I'd want an orange just because Orioles. With Braves, I go, that would look good. I go red and blue.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Yeah, like Jeff Keffinger, I've, I've won a gold 2004 Bowen Draft, Jeff Keppinger. I'm going to go buy one just to mess with it. <laughs>
1: I, I might I, – wait, to buy a gold of me? I, yeah. I might have the only one. I got a one-on-one of, of myself. You got the I got super. it for like – I got it for three bucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So do you ever do eBay
2: searches for yourself? Like, do you ever go on and just look and see what's going on? Uh, as far as cards? Yeah, for yourself. Just your name. Just go and put uh, Jeff Kepinger.
1: No. no, I don't ever Google my name, but I I, I went on to eBay to, to buy some cards because I wanted to have some some cards of myself to have for my kids and my grandkids later down the road. Cool. But no, I don't I I know all my information, so I don't need to go look at look <laughs> exactly. it. Up. I figured if something crazy's on there, some kind of lie, somebody that I know would tell me about it.
0: <laughs> so I'm looking. Here is yeah, there's some cards out there kept. Here's a you can even refra- buy
2: his pants.
0: Oh, uh, here's a gold refra- Oh, you can buy you can buy his pants. Gold you refra- can buy a pair of his
1: pants with the white socks.
0: Gold refractor what? 2009, 30 bucks on Comcy.
1: Man, that's way overpriced.
0: Oh, no. I don't is know. Is it a one-on-one? No, it's numbered to 50. But Comcy's com- uh, uh. always Comsi's always up there. I know you guys can't see my screen right now, but I'm buying a uh I'm buying a refractor of uh Jeff keppinger from uh from, from Burbank right now.
1: Is it my Bowman first?
0: It is your Bowman first. You're standing there propped up on a chair.
1: Oh, I know. Standing up there on the balls. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: have your Chicago White Sox Jeff Kepinger 1983 alternate jersey pants for 69 bucks. Uh-huh. So what? Who would yep. buy pants? With the number 7 on it. And they also have a 59.99 you can buy one of your spring training used bats.
0: You haven't seen like pants cards, Jeff? Pants, no. Yeah, there's all sorts of things, man. Um You mean you didn't ever sell tops like a jock strap or something? Come on, man.
1: <laughs> I mean, the uh, the only way I can guess they get those is through the clubbies. The clubbies switch them out, but I mean, that's kind of strange cuz I, I wore the same pants every year. Well, not every year, but I mean all season long. I mean, I don't, I don't recall them ever switching pants out, but I guess it's a possibility.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I just spent five bucks on a Jeff Kepinger rookie, so. <laughs> 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 but my purchase history is kind of funny, anyway. I got it up on the screen right now. My personal purchase history, and I'm doing it because I got 10x eBay bucks right now. Uh, the last one is uh, 550 for a Jeff Kepinger refract cr- Two thousand four Bowman Chrome refractor from Burbank. Then I have a microwave oven for seventy seven ninety nine that my wife wanted.
1: Hey, explain something to me because I have I have that same card, but it's a blue one and it says uncirculated. On the sticker on the case. What what's the deal with uncirculated cards? Obviously, they don't go out in packs. But do they do that every year to every card?
0: Not every year. They did it back then with a with a product they released later in the year. They kind of uh, it's kind of like a buyback set. So they 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 took some cards that they had an overage, and made a product called Bowman Originals with it. Huh. And they reinserted them back into packs in in, in, in a in a one touch with a top seal on it.
1: Is that basically? I mean, it was a is, horrible idea. Is a... that basically like their version of archives now?
0: It, it it was kind of a precursor to what archives became. Yes, although most time, ar- most archives are new prints.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, and then they started terrible execution
2: because they were so easy to fake. They were so easy to fake because you all you had to do is buy a one touch, take one of the top stickers off of one of the lesser players, put it on a. Better player, and you would never know the difference for the most part.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh but now they stamp the cards, right? Yep. Yeah, they started
0: stamping them. They started wow. stamping them. So what? What I'm buying right now for just from the past couple days because I got 10x eBay bucks on her now. I bought a Steve Yeiserman PSA nine because I damaged somebody Steve Yzerman in a break. <laughs> Uh, I have a uh, Gley- uh, I'm buying real big in the Glaber Torres updates right now because Glaber Torres is going to move from second base to shortstop and his value is going to take off with him releasing DD or getting for DD no longer being a Yankee. Um,
1: I'm I'm big on him anyways.
0: Yeah, so I was already big on him and thought he was undervalued. Then he got moved to shortcut shortstop and now I'm all in. Like I'm thousands and thousands in at this point because of that. Uh
2: but are you just buying update or are you buying others?
0: I'm buying I'm buying update. Update why ask did you something. pick update? What's that?
2: Why did you pick update?
0: Because update is where the new collectors flock to because Mike Trout has an update.
1: So did the Torres play shortstop in the minor leagues?
0: Yes, he was originally a shortstop. The Cubs had him as a shortstop.
1: But he played there all every season in the minors?
0: Uh I believe most of the time.
1: I'm anxious to see how he handles that as far as his offensive numbers. If they stay the same,
0: well, I mean that's that's kind of kind of one thing I wanted your input on because you would know when you move from second to shortstop. How does it affect you as a hitter and as a ball player? Is there more wear and tear at short?
1: Um, well, there's a more there's more thinking involved at shortstop. Yeah, I mean you're you're I mean you know second base is about the same. I mean you're moving regardless, but there. It was just a little more a little more head 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 and thinking head game involved to to shortstop than there, you know, and you obviously you gotta get rid of the ball quicker, you gotta field it smoother, you know, you gotta throw it harder and, and that's why I asked if he played in the minor leagues because you know, if it's been a while, like he may put a little more of his brain power to, to defense, you know, and it 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 may hit him a little bit offensively. I you know, to me, I grew up playing everywhere in every position, so I was comfortable regardless of where they put me at. But, you know, I notice with other people when they do switch positions, for some odd reason, it affects their offense. And I couldn't tell you why. But my guess is because they're, they're worried about messing up on defense, playing a new position, and it just carries over to the offense.
0: All right, so 2014, 15, and 16 are full minor league, se- minor league uh, seasons. All at shortstop. Then he gets sent to the Yankees in his 2017. He sees 28 games at shortstop. The rest of it at second and third. His 2018, he sees 109 games at second base and 21 at shortstop. 2019 is, oh, he had some significant time at shortstop last year.
2: When Gregorius got hurt.
0: Yeah, Gregorius got hurt. So he put in some significant time at shortstop, 77 games. So he's already played a lot of major league shortstop. And I wish I could see his splits by position here because he had a phenomenal season last year. Um, 38 homers with a 871 OPS.
1: He's going to be fine.
0: He's going to be fine. And that's another thing that's got me buying and buying and buying these cards. Uh, another guy I'm buying is uh, Rui Hachimura of the um, Clippers. Well, I don't yeah. really care what what, what, what the, pro wizards, pro, the Wizards, the Wizards, the Wizards. I don't really care what pro, pro basketball team he's on, uh, because the real real reason why I'm buying is well, first off, I think the talent's there. The second off is, and people don't really realize this because he doesn't look like it. He's Japanese, and the international market is buzzes for basketball, and if this guy even. Looks like he's going to be a, be a star. It's going to be Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn Sanity all over again, and I want to be ready for that.
1: Did Jeremy's Lynn cards, did they skyrocket?
0: Oh, man, they were thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for a good month. Get out. It, absolutely. Wow. When, when that Japanese market in basketball takes off, it explodes in cards specifically of the Prism line.
1: Well, I knew that. I knew basketball big overseas, you know, yeah. so I, I actually like basketball cards better than football cards for that purpose.
0: So one of the best deals, I think, in, in basketball cards, period, is one I have up on the screen right now. It's the Panini Prism Fast Break uh, Silver Disco with the alt image with them standing up. Those are, those are a lot rarer than the other ones, and you can snag them for $65 right now.
1: Wait, his car?
0: Yeah, you can snag that version, the silver disco for 65. Hell, you can snag like like if if you if you look at my purchase history, I also snagged the same day a silver and, you know, if you look at a silver of Luca Donati, it's approaching $1000, and I was able to get the silver for 82.94 all in. So, I'm I'm holding up I'm holding about 10 silvers right now.
1: Didn't didn't those uh those fast break didn't last year's with Luka Doncic rookie didn't Panini sell those on their site direct? Uh,
0: I don't know. I didn't. I didn't follow it last year. Like, what made me get into the get into it this year was the fact that uh, this rookie class is so deep. So I Zion hooked me in, and then I started reading on Morant and Hachimura, and I'm like, yeah, I should really get in on this.
1: Well, I, I know I bought some boxes direct from Panini, and I was looking for those for this year, but now I see that they're already out. But they were never on Panini's site, so I, I guess they're they, they switched up on how they're selling them.
0: Yeah, that, I mean,
1: yeah, they were. I haven't packs. seen those for sale.
0: So let's. There are multiple versions of this product. You have the Target, you have the Walmart, you have the Fanatics boxes. And the fanatics boxes have their own have their own specialty insert. Let me uh, let me take a look at, at what's in the fanatics box. First off, they were thirty nine ninety nine directly from fanatics, and now you can't touch them for over for under hundred and twenty. Yeah, these... I'm gonna
2: disagree with you on Hatchimaro. Why? <laughs> because Jeremy Lin was just a completely unknown commodity who just basically had two months out of his mind. Hachimura was a high draft pick. So I don't, it's not going to be the same explosion because people are doing exactly what you're doing. Where Jeremy Lin, people just had him like you, I remember you had a card up where like it had been ripped into four pieces or almost <laughs> and you wanted to put it on eBay. So I will say respectfully that I disagree with your assessment in the fact that He's not an unknown commodity the way Jeremy Lin was.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. But if you look at NBA media and what's going on with these rookies, uh, with Zion out all the focus as far as on-court press, the media mm-hmm. court, like he's got his own like media entourage right now.
2: He does. But I think people were, the, the Japanese market was buying them when they came out just because of how high of a pick he was.
0: If the Japanese... You're going to run into it. uh, He's going to
2: have to play out of his mind for him to reach what you're looking for.
0: Well, that's... They all have to play out of their mind for for, them to reach what you're looking for. That's the case. Well, Zion
2: just has to put up 20 and 10, and he's fine.
0: Yeah. People
2: are going to buy that. Um, You know, certain guys don't have to do that. Hachimura is going to have to go on a run where he's averaging like 35, and he's coming close to a triple-double for you to see that. So... I'm not saying that you're not going to make some money on it but Linsanity was something that was a completely different monster altogether. Yeah, that that was something no one could have seen coming.
1: Yeah. That's what you that's what you feel about Zion, you think he only has to put up 20 and 10? Yep. To, I think, are, to I think people are going to look at that as a as a bust.
2: So what happens with a guy like Zion Williams is people bought in so high that you'll have at least a year of price protection. You'll have at least a year of people who may have bought at $1,000 saying, I have to keep buying them at this level or I'm going to lose my lunch. So Zion has like a year to adjust because of how much people paid today because, I mean – the only thing I can compare it to is remember that Yankee, that uh, Jesus Montero. People price protected Jesus Montero for 18 months, knowing how much they'd put into him. So with Zion, you're going to get that. Hachimura has to do a lot, I think, to reach the numbers that you're looking for. Who who who's Jesus Montero?
0: Whoa, that's a <laughs> exactly. Day. That is exactly
1: – that's the
2: name of the podcast. There it is. So Jesus Montero was a huge – we just did a new theme. was a huge catching prospect with the Yankees. And his chrome came out and people went crazy because he was the next Thurman Munson.
1: Yeah.
2: And you just said who is Jesus Montero. That was about 10 years ago. I don't even think Jesus Montero is playing in the Mexican League anymore. I think he got thrown out of the Mexican League.
0: He couldn't block the plate at all. Did
1: at He, he couldn't block the he, plate. Did and he, he also get got suspended leagues?
2: for eating a – no, I don't think he did. And he got suspended once for eating an ice cream on the bench. So uh, in the minors, he actually was eating ice cream on the bench and got suspended.
0: Wow. He, was, he was a fat boy. Like he was like – as Gary – you know, take Gary Sanchez's struggles with, with, with his demeanor and his attitude and his weight. Multiply multiply it times like five, and that's Jesus Montero. But he was also like a, a seventy power bat out out of the international signing period. Like scouts put him as a seventy on his power tool.
1: Wow, and wow. just never never panned to nothing, huh? Because I don't know who that he is. Really he would have been during my time playing. I I, yep. I couldn't tell you who that is.
0: He didn't have it up here. He didn't have it in his heart either. If you'd have taken your heart and put it inside Jesus Montero, that's a monster.
1: How much? How much? I mean, uh, my guess is he got a lot of money. No. To come out. Not don't to come think over. He
2: ever got the? He was a. I think he was an international signing. I don't think he made that much money.
1: Gotcha. Well, I mean, you see the international signings now; they're big. Oh, from. Yeah.
0: We have a way to. That's tell. a lot to
1: pay a sixteen-year-old.
0: Jesus Montero did play in the majors. He played. Oh, a he, total did? Of, he He played a total of two hundred and twenty-six games over five years with the Yankees and the Mariners. Uh, contract stats. Yeah, he made like his his high pay was five hundred grand. I don't know what his internet international signing bonus was, but I do know he was my, and we we used to have another another partner named Wes Yi, We picked the same strategy on Jesus Montero cards. So, yep. Jesus Montero was a redemption card in draft. Back then, people used to shy away from redemption cards because a lot of them just would never get signed. So, we talked to an inside man at Tops. I'm not going to reveal his name because he will find me and he will murder me. Uh, Liam Neeson style, I'm taking. <laughs> and uh, he said, hey... Jesus is almost done signing these cards. So, Wes and I ran out and bought all the Redemptions we can at 30 bucks. Base card Redemption. Back then, 30 bucks was an expensive Chrome Auto, by the way. This is a different time. So, we went and we stockpiled these. We waited for them. To, well, we redeemed them. And when they came back, we instantly took a $30 Chrome Redemption and got 90 for it. Just instantly, just because they were live now. So we didn't need him to hit a lick. So I made a lot of money off Montero. Like there there is a strategy for anything. All right. So on on to the next episode. The Are you guys familiar with the 582 Montgomery Club?
1: I am not. Yes, sort of.
0: Yes, yeah, so you're in it, I'm in it. Tim's Tim's a nerd, so he's not in it. Tim's not well. Nope. Tim's I
2: don't break. I don't I don't bust stuff.
0: No, you don't have to bust to be in the Montgomery Club. So that the so basically every November they send out a solicitation. Uh, previous members get the right of refusal. Uh, Jesus Montero's Montero signing bonus was one point six million dollars. By the way, so
1: so
2: probably ate that much in ice cream.
1: <laughs> yeah, well he lived he lived like a king where he was from with that kind of money. So that's why for he sure. Lost. That's why he lost his drive.
0: Well, that's one point six million ice cold waters in Baltimore. So yep. that's another inside FCB joke. But <laughs> but uh, if uh, five eighty two Montgomery Club, they'll pump they'll come up with the twenty twenty one membership in November of two thousand twenty. So you got to wait till then to buy it. Basically, um, you get one exclusive product, which is two thousand nineteen Brooklyn collection. Uh, and it'll be 2020 Brooklyn Collection this 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 coming year. It was kind of meh this year. Wasn't that great? But you get a uh, you you get a gift card gift set, which looks like it, it's, it's these red borders board cards you're seeing, uh, with one autograph in the set. And I've just pulled up a, the Max Muncie on the screen, which is which was my autograph and mine. And you get a base set. With uh with with all the good you know rookie year players like you get a Tatis you get a you get a Alonso you get a Vlad and uh, they're kind of the, the they're they're not that common because only the, the Montgomery people only the people willing to put down two hundred and fifty dollars for a membership get a copy and uh, is I think the base cards sell really well when they're graded but. You all you get that 20 card set you also get a 20 sticker set for the top sticker program uh, there's another 20 card members vote set with an autograph that comes out in the spring basically like every quarter you get a free set with with, with a free item uh, the big item is a, 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 a special complete set of series one and two which has the five and the, the 582montgomery stamp in the bottom corner and uh, those those are those are pretty expensive cards out of it uh, all this for $250 but the big thing is you get exclusive pre-sale access to online exclusives like i was able to get sapphire i'll be able to get ginner x i'll be able to get archive snapshots and you'll have you won't have to fight the rush you won't have to fight the bots to get it in my opinion this is the best $250 in sports cards you can spend so i agree so jeff you've been using yours and this is your first year to have it what do you think of it
1: i I love it i mean i think it's worth it just to be able to get the exclusive for the sapphires just to be able to just to be able to get on those that's the whole reason why i got it yeah because I, I never even knew of the sapphires until i had a buddy tell me that he was in the club and he was like man get in this club and you know before they release that you you get a chance at them and i'm like perfect so nice. that sold me right there
0: nice nice uh Tim's gonna get into it next year because we're gonna we're gonna lord it over his face until he until he buys in. <laughs> we're gonna be like, uh Tim, you see my cool little five Montgomery five eighty two Montgomery pen? Oh where's yours? Oh you don't have one.
2: I have one. <laughs> I have this this cute purple pen that my daughter gave me, so
0: I'm oh, good. oh rub it in. Tim's got a daughter. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so Basically, you'll get in it tw- in 2021, and one thing I want to do is, you know, uh, I, I want to kind of share the little love of it a little bit. Uh, anybody who reaches out on Twitter, comments on the YouTube video, comment wherever you see this, and I'm going to enter all those names into a drawing, and I'm going to give away this Max Muncie autograph to one of the people in the drawing. Uh, nice. Like anybody who comments, on nice. we're, we're gonna random it on the next one. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that's gonna be pretty cool. Looking forward to that. So another thing that's been making the rounds here on uh here on the, in the Twitterverse, uh, one of my buddies on Twitter named Stale Gum, who's kind of like uh, old man yells at yells at Cloud. He's really you know old man yells at Cloud. He's really angry all the time, but he's like, I don't understand why archives exist. It needs to go away there are better ways like heritage where they already uh, display these old sets. What is the point in having something in archive that's already been shown that that's also been done in heritage. And I kind of agree with him. Have you guys opened any archives and and, and see where it seems to be kind of unnecessary.
1: I haven't opened any of it, but exactly it sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think for your, for your, you know, collectors that don't like to spend a, a whole ton of money who can, you know, get some of their old time favorites and get autographs of them where they can't they can't get autos of those guys anymore. Yeah. I and mean, I think it's a it's a product for those for those collectors.
0: I I opened a box and my two autographs and one of them I was actually pretty stoked to get. One of them was an umpire, but the other one was Dr. James. Hey, who? Uh, oh, I, don't, I don't remember. I would have to look uh, somewhere in my office. If if it's one of your guys, I'll slide it over your way. Uh, but the, the one I was excited about was Dr. James Andrews. Really? Yeah, I was excited about that because Andrews worked on my ankle, and he's a really cool guy. So, wow. But I bought a box of baseball cards, and neither of my autograph were baseball players.
1: Well, now I can see your
2: dislike for it. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the question I always care. I always ask. Yeah. I always ask when this kind of conversation comes up. Yeah, why do you care?
0: Because I bought a box of. Baseball why does it matter to you in any way? Because I bought a box of baseball cards and there weren't any baseball autographs in my box. Uh,
2: and 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 the thing is, if you bought it and you want the you want the set to die, why did you buy it? I mean, that's what I, I think. Well, here's what drives me crazy about the hobby as a whole.
0: Yeah, but uh, trust me. There are some
2: really nice autographs in 2019 archives if you go out and look for them. There are some really... And the one thing I would say is I started collecting the 1980 set. The 1980 top set is my first collection. Like, that is the first thing I went out and bought. You know, like, I can still remember... Every Friday night, my dad taking me to Burger King so that I could get a pack of the Burger King Phillies sets. You know what I mean? I still remember everything about that. So when I see, like, the, I'm looking right now, like the 2019 Archives Ozzy Smith, which is a 1980 Ozzy Smith card with the Padres, you can't, those are memories that those collectors love. Yeah and go after. So my question is always, if you don't like it, don't buy it. If nobody buys it, they won't make it. But why do you
0: care? Well, I care because Major League, the Tops is limited by Major League Baseball how many sets they can produce in a certain year. And that Archives product, I'm not talking about like Archives Signature Series. I actually like Archives Signature Series, which is the encased one hit per, one hit per product. Mm-hmm. The, the flagship Archives takes up a release and just puts it with nothing. That's why... But like, what
2: are they limited to? Like 75 releases? Like, I
1: mean, Tops no, no, never it's, stops it's a, putting stuff out.
0: It's a low number. It's a low... It is a surprisingly low number. It's like... It's, it's like... It's like it's under 40.
1: What? The products the Top puts out?
0: Yeah, the products Top's allowed to put out under their Major League umbrella. Doesn't count Bowman. It, it counts like Major League products. Like this draft... This, this Sapphire thing is somehow not included. And I think there's a special prov- provision for like retail versus hobby. And these, this, this Bowman Draft Sapphire is considered a retail product.
2: So this 2019 Archives, the autographs are different than the set, or do they all come in the same box?
0: Uh, they all come in the same box except for the Archive Signature Series, which is its own. There's Archive Signature Series and there's Archive Signature Series Retired Edition. So there, there's, there's, there's actually four different archive sets. There's the, the base archive set, which is the one I don't like. There's Archives Signature Series, which I do like a little bit. And there's Archive Signature Series Retired Players, which I like a lot. And then there's Archive Snapshot, which is a retail product.
2: You know, I, I, I people who collect heritage collect it. You know what I mean? Or archives, sorry. People who collect it, collect it, and they collect it rapidly. They go out and they try to complete the set. It's an old-school type of, of, of release. It's not made for everybody, but just in the same way Top Series 1 and the ones you get in Walmart and the, the one that's full of all base isn't for everybody. I just – I always get – it always gets dicey when people who are just kind of snobbish about baseball card collecting – um, start going after a set that people who aren't them really enjoy tops wouldn't make it if somebody wasn't buying it and people weren't filling these sets and that's always been my thing is that there's it, it just has to get to a point where you got to leave it alone I mean unless somehow or another you believe there's a set sitting somewhere that they're not putting out because they're putting out this set
0: well that that is the crux of my argument I think I think if they took and replaced the base archives with something better, everybody would win.
2: Yeah, but it's just – it's kind of oh, like the complaints of the old man who shakes his fist because people are loud walking past his house is all I see with this one. Is that, that, that is what the complaint is. I just don't like it, so I don't want them to make it anymore.
1: I mean, I, I think they put out enough good product that I, I'm with Tim. I, I really don't think it matters. I think it's cool. I think the autograph scene really, is really cool.
0: All right. I see yeah. how you guys are going to be. I'm going to make these questions hard now. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I see the point, but you know what? The people who I normally see complaining about this stuff are also complaining that they opened a box and it didn't have a $500 auto in it. If, oh, you, no. don't, if you want the $500 auto, go buy it. Oh, no, so this don't. isn't to set sure. for you. This isn't made for you.
0: I don't play that game. No, I understand variants, but I would have rather had, like, a uh, Pokey Reese auto than, than, than autos of people that aren't baseball players. Hey, why are you laughing at Pokey Reese? Pokey Reese was good.
2: <laughs> the, the thing is, you know what you might get when you buy it because the checklist isn't vague, right? Like, you know there's going to be a James Andrew card in there or there's yeah. going to be an agent card. Or some random collector card in there. That is yeah. what makes that set what it is.
0: Well, that's why I don't buy Allen and Ginner, but I think Allen and Ginner is fine. I just think they do enough of this stuff in other sets. Like Allen and Ginner, um, like Archives, I, I don't get it. I don't get why Archives is there when Heritage is a thing, and Heritage, Heritage basically does the same thing in reliving the history of the set. And when you open a box of that Archive, they have like a mishmash of four different years of cards in there, and they all look, Different, like the first three cars, of beautiful. Yeah, but there's yeah. no there's no con- continuity to the set at all because it's just a hodgepodge of different year designs. It just looks dumb. And I think
2: the best part of it is that there are collectors that actively go after each one of those sets, or focus on one of those sets. And 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 that's the thing is that I'm. You got to remember, and, and Chris, you remember this, and I I, I never forget it because we went like three or four years and heard Topps speak. tops does not care about the market at all. They nope. care what they, can, what they can create and produce and what their distributors can move. Yeah. That is all they care about. They could not give a rat's behind hmm. if... The card coming out of a thirty dollar set, a thirty dollar pack sells for five bucks. They don't care. They've told you that before. If you don't like it, don't buy that box. That's Correct. what they say all Correct. the time.
0: And Tim, I gotta apologize because about a minute ago I put the word fail on your forehead here. And now that now with <laughs> that, that is fine. With that very intelligent comment, I have to take it off.
2: That is, uh, you can put whatever you want. The thing is, I just remember sitting there and really admiring Tops for the fact that they say, we do not care about the secondary market. We make our products for distributors to be able to move it and for collectors to be able to buy it. So if you're buying it because you want the $500 Mike Trad Auto, that's on you. Yeah. But- put your $500 and buy a Mike Tratt Auto in the secondary market. You, you Which remember, tops doesn't care about at all.
0: You remember who said that, right? Clay, right? No, it was Mark Sapir that said that.
2: Oh, that's right. And you remember, that's who, right. you know that's who's right. not
0: with the company anymore?
2: Him. Yeah, I, I don't think that. But I don't think that philosophy's changed.
0: I don't think so either. They either. don't care about the secondary market. No, because from 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 real on to Clay, everybody echoed that statement. And I heard Susan say it mm. years down the road when she was there. Susan's not with Tops anymore, so I'm, right. And it's
2: a legitimate thing. They create something. They distribute something. People buy it. Tops is done once your distributor has bought it. And they'll also go back and buy things when they're crappy. They'll buy them back, right? They will.
0: From uh, some of their well, from
2: some of their distributors. If they're stuck with product, no, they try to make that right.
0: No, I don't think it's ever gotten that bad. Like, the worst it's been is 2010 when the pack still had the uh, lubricant dust inside it. Uh, that's right. moment chrome. You remember, you open the pack and it felt like it had cocaine in it. Uh, what that is, that's like a little talc powder they put in between right. the roller sheets of chrome because these sheets have to slide over the top of each other. And uh, right. if, if they don't put enough talc, you'll start seeing these roller marks. That's where they're not actually roller marks. They're the, they're the chrome sheets sliding across each other as they're coming down the press. There has to be that little For fine sure. layer of pl- talc that's supposed to get right. blown off before it gets inserted in packs. But if you crank up the presses, guess what you don't have time to do? You no longer have time to make sure all that powder gets blown away. That's, yeah. why, that's why, anytime you see you, a lot of roller marks, anytime you see that white powder, it's because they cranked up their production press at Cardamundi. Error. Everything can be, can, can be contributed to time, every error. Like what's going on with Prism right now? Prism basketball tells me that it's over, overproduced. Because there's a centering problem, there's a cut problem, there's a wrong back problem. That means that somebody was rushing this stuff through because they knew they had to make a ton of it. Yep. When you see a well-produced set like last year's PRISM, look at last year's PRISM basketball. It is immaculately produced. That's because they didn't make a whole lot and Cardamundi had time to push it through their system. If Cardamundi even... I'm assuming Cardamundi made it. There's a few other companies that make it like Graphic Converting and Allen, Allen Texans will do some of them. It's just, there's all sorts of different printing companies they can use. Most of it's Cardamundi though.
1: Yeah, I know there's a lot of Lucas... A lot of Lucas Silver's graded 10s from last year's product.
0: Yeah. Lucas something else though. That's man. a bad thing for the
2: hobby by the way.
0: Well, a lot of 10s?
2: A lot of times bad. Yeah,
0: the grading, well, no there's a lot of,
2: having almost every card you send being a 10 is bad for the hobby overall.
0: Yeah, it's not bad
2: for your pocket, but it's bad for the hobby.
0: There's a balance. There's definitely a balance to be struck. Yep. You know. So that kind of brings us to grading. And one of the biggest questions I hear with grading is, well, how do I do it? Like, Jeff, with you being new back into the game, uh, what are some What are some questions you ask about grading?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing you're going to, you know, you're going to want to ask is what What are you actually looking for? I mean, the, the easiest thing for me was to look at the uh, BGS, the subs that are on it. You know, it tells you the four things, basically, what they're looking at, the surface, the edges, corners, you know, and then the centering. So, you know, and then I, I – I'm in a lot of card groups as well. And to me, I mean, I, I think sending it to somebody that, that has the knowledge, you know, to, to wipe down a card for me or to, Mm -hmm. or to, you know, to tell me if it's even worth grading because Mm -hmm. something may look centered to me, but then they're actually not, or, you know, edges, like edges kind of are hard to, to determine, you know, what's, what's what, like, you know, obviously a lot of cards have some whiting on corners. So, what what grade does that give? How much does that take off? Yeah. You know, because if it's I mean, I'm pretty sure like well, I mean, how how does it go? If if you get one subgrade that's you know, let's say an eight, then the card can't grade over a certain number?
0: It can't grade uh oh, it, it can't grade over one full number up from its minimum subgrade. So if a card Right, goes, so you could have a
1: an eight, 10, ten, 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 all you can get is a nine? Correct.
0: That, that's See, a B, that's in BGS. PSA hides hides their system.
1: But you got to figure that they go off of the same things. Yeah, They might,
2: but the, the one thing I'll say about BGS, and I've, man, and Eric was the first one who started that, but now it's pretty much if you send your cards to BGS and you come back with nine centering, you might as well not even try to sell it. You might as well just leave it where you have it. Because even if you get a nine centering with two ten subs and a nine point five, that nine centering is going to cost you thirty percent at least.
0: Yeah, people
2: don't buy nine centering on on BGS cards. That's why you have a lot of people who've now switched over to PSA just because they're not putting subs on there. And um, I mean, for me, if I'm grading non-auto cards, I think PSA is the move. Um, if I'm grading vintage, there's no doubt PSA is the move. Um, the only thing I'll say about PS and, PSA and vintage is they do, I think, in my opinion, protect their registry in some cases.
0: Yeah, like some car like you can sub a '89 Upper Deck King of Junior, a 2011 Mike Trout update and it's near impossible to get a 9 or to get a a 10 right now because they're just not giving them out. The card can look pristine, and it doesn't matter. They they, they won't. It's just like I've seen it happen.
2: Yep, I remember five years ago I took a few cards to PSA for a friend of ours when we were at the National, and the cards looked absolutely beautiful. They really were beautiful cards. They were older. I think they were more 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. and I don't think any of the cards did better than a six, and two or three of them, anybody who looked at them would have told you they were an eight yeah. at least. But you you start to walk away in a personal whisper. They're not touching that with their registry. Their registry people are are rabid. So if, if you are a fan of, of vintage and you're looking to up your registry or you're putting in a card that has a tough grade registry-wise, your chances of – hitting their registry or impacting their registry is really, really tough.
1: So, so I've, never, I've never sent in a card to be graded. But yep. just in my opinion, if I were to send in cards to get graded, if I knew by looking at my cards that, that, that I couldn't get a 10, I'd be probably sending it to BGS just because they do the half grades as well. So I could yep. try to get a 9.5, where if I know PSA is no chance of a 10, all I can get is a 9. So I'd rather, right. I'd rather spend it at the BGS and try to get a 95 right because 95 sell nine five sell more or worth more.
2: Right. But if you were looking at like remember last year with the kuna mania the non auto cards were all going to PSA and they were selling amazingly. PSA 10s with the his heritage cards were selling either as well or even better than any BGS that was out there. The non auto cards even for modern have kind of switched over to PSA. And they're also, I think, still cheaper, right?
1: But see, I, I I look at some of the PSA cards that people have for sale that are PSA 10s. There's no way they're getting a 10 if, if that got sent to BGS because, I mean, I can look at the card and just look at it plain as day that the centering's off, but yet it's still yep. a 10. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know how they do the grades. It seems like if the guy's in a good mood that day, he's giving out 10s. If he's not, he's... He's giving you a nine. I mean, that's just- you're a collector.
2: You're a collector, and I think that changes the game a little bit. If you were, as a collector, you, so as a collector, I would want mine in a BGS box. You know what I mean? I would want a case from BGS. If I'm a ripper and a flipper, or I invested in a in a certain player or something like that, I'm probably going to send a PSA. Because I think they're a little bit cheaper and they sell really well, especially the non-autos. But where you run into a problem also, and this again is the difference between the investor and the and the collector. You know, the BGS grades, especially on autos, on certain modern players, they have no mercy. You know, they they grade them really hard. So you can get a card that's like a, straight 9.5 but if you have a nine auto you just lost 40 percent. you know unless it's a card where 10 autos are almost impossible
1: and there aren't a lot of
2: those cards
1: right but you i mean okay so uh, can't you basically look at the auto before you send it in and and can't you tell bgs not to grade the auto
0: nope
1: oh they grade it no matter what
2: you they'll, they'll grade the auto and put it on the back right
0: no, it goes in the front to the right-hand side, but if it has an auto, you have to pay the dollar for them to grade the auto. Right. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, now, now I, I didn't know it, that. And the other
2: thing that's kind of worthless at this point, and and, and it's not a popular – maybe not a popular opinion, is the people who are sending the BGS and telling them not to put the subs on there. It's cheaper. Because people are doing that too. It's cheaper, it's but it does, it's like BCCG. It doesn't matter. Nobody yeah. cares what the grade is, you know, because – they know you're trying to hide something because somebody who yeah. doesn't have somebody something to hide will pay the extra for the subs. And and that nine centering is a death sentence for a card. Those cards sit forever.
0: Well, I, I, I so, rarely I rarely sub to BGS at all. I only sub to BGS when I think a card has a shot at a black label. That's the only time I do it.
2: Yep.
1: So when 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 you send a card to PSA and it comes back. Mm-hmm. Does PSA give you any kind of piece of paper or anything that tells like what, what the subs were?
0: Nope. You have to look it over no. yourself. They only do that if if, they, if there was some reason they didn't grade it. They'll send you a little slip. That says, right? says, hey, we didn't grade this because there's some discoloration on this edge. There's some evidence of trimming. It looks like there was something fishy about this card. But if it's it's not the right
2: size. It's yeah. off by a tenth of an inch, or whatever it is. Yeah. Can put on there. Yeah, yeah. Miscut. They, 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 will grade miscut, but they put MC in there. But again,
0: well, it might as well be raw at that point. Always, always, when you sub the PSA, sub with no qualifiers. Request no qualifiers. Yep. yep. Uh, qualifiers, much like o, uh, a nine centering on a modern BGS card, are the death nail. Like a, a PSA seven OC sells about like a PSA four would sell right
2: so so for me honestly grading only comes into play if i'm going to resell almost all the time i mean so so for me like my collection and maybe we can get into that a little bit is like i love the slabbed the psa slab perez steel autos or like the old vintage photographs that are signed i mean I, i those are those are the things that are in my personal collection, like, you know, the Mickey Mantle, Perez Steel and Joe, Joe DiMaggio and things like that. And then the other part of my collection is like vintage game used, which are two things that like vintage game used, I don't need graded because I'm buying the patch and that's what I care about. And I'm buying those slab press deals or or any kind of autograph that's on a really great picture. But like when I'm buying cards like Chrome and things like that, most of the time that's for me to just buy and eventually sell, when I when I think the time is right. So I have two very. I buy to flip, but then most of the money that I make flipping goes into buying the stuff that I will pretty much
1: always keep. So what what's explain to me the qualifier when you say tell them no qualifier?
0: So P- PSA, they have you'll see a grade it'll it'll say seven and in 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 brackets to the right it'll it'll say oc that means hey this card's a would be a 7 but it's all so far off center we didn't consider the centering and the in, in the quality of the grade okay so, so that's why people look at it as, as as such a you know kind of a it's a 7 but it's a bullshit 7 that's kind of what they're saying so
1: so if you tell them no qualifier they'll just grade it as what it should be they'll just because it, it's off center they'll give it a 4 Got gotcha. you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like that better too.
0: I I do too. I hate it. Um so there there's three grading companies out there that I would not consider using any company but these three. There is the P- PSA, which I which I use for low-end modern and cards that don't have a shot at a BGS 10. I use it for vintage cards when in the rare cases I do find a vintage yep. card. Uh, there's BGS, which I use for tops, tops era, uh, uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, which I use for the Chrome era cards, the modern rookies I use BGS for only if it's immaculately centered. The centering, centering is the most important determining factor when you're deciding sending it to BGS or PSA, you always send a BGS with, uh, with, with subgrades because that's, that's important. People collect really look for those and it dings the value when you don't. However, BGS is ramping up their prices like crazy right now. So, like, I, I'm doing most of my business with PSA just because BGS prices have gotten difficult. Um, what are you paying through PSA? Well, I, I really don't like to talk about what I'm paying through PSA. But uh, on still, average, what would
2: the average consumer pay to go through PSA? Unlike uh, you said, a low to mid end non autoed card. So, for,
0: so PSA does slide the price of their submissions with a slice of the car, price of the card pretty much under $250 to $250 slab value per card. You can get done with their bulk service. Their bulk service is anywhere from 45 days in the low end. I think the highest estimate I've seen has been 40 is 71 days. I've gotten them back in 20 days before t- two though. So it's really just a crap shoot. Um, <laughs> long times, long times. Uh, you can get that service for 10 bucks a card. Okay. BTS. That's nine auto, right? That, they don't care about auto. They don't do auto grades. Okay. So BGS right now it's around twenty. If you're just a dude. Wow. Yeah, it's double if you're just a dude. Now there are some people who have corporate wow. deals. They like like we used to have one for Freedom Cardboard, but we didn't maintain it, so we lost it. Uh, however, I could get it back any time oh. if you want, Tim. So that's kind of how that runs. Nowadays. Another problem with that is that you have to sign up for the PSA Collectors Club, which is another $150 a year. So if you're a low volume submitter, it gets really expensive. And by the way, that yep. $10, you have to sub 100 cards at a time to get that. Wow. So people are using these submitters, these bulk submitters. They're going through like Jared Landris of Cards. They're going through Iron Sports Rob Valendi. They're going through uh, Filth bu- FilthBombBreaks.com, a guy named Stephen Michael, who I really think really highly of. Uh, and Steven has the, has another service. I'll just bring it up on, bring up his website real quick. Uh, because I built his website, so I really like it.
1: So let me, let me ask you then, let's say like when you said you can submit your cards to somebody, right? What, what if like a hundred people give that guy cards and they all have the same card?
0: Okay. So here's what they'll do. They will take the cards and they will, they will, they will lay them out. So go, here's this guy's cards. This guy submitted the same thing. So they'll put theirs under a different sub number. And they'll break out the different sub numbers, and they will, they will, they will, um, they will, they will record whose cards are in what sub number. So if Murder. you if you look at Filth Bomb, Filth Bomb here has PSA. Uh, uh, Filth Bomb breaks PSA submission service. He has it for ten bucks, which is the same as what you can walk up to. He gets a discount, and there's where his market is what margin is. So you can actually go through him at the same price you can go through uh, PSA for. And he also has a product, and i got to figure out why this image is broken, but a product where he will look at your cards. Here's his review service. He will charge you $2 per card, and on this, he will look at your card and see if it's worth grading, and if it's not, he'll tell you it's not and won't charge you the $10. you will just get charged the 2
1: Yeah, that's what I would need. <laughs> yeah.
0: So maybe you need to get on some filth bomb. I can introduce you guys. He's a really young guy. Very New York though. He's got this accent.
1: Why would I do that? I know where you live. I'm just gonna come to your house and be like, Chris, is this worth grading?
0: I will gladly I will gladly do that for you anytime, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> so all right. Uh you guys bust anything lately?
1: A bunch of prison basketball.
0: Yeah, I did some of that myself. Uh, I, I'm kinda My- I'm kinda hooked on this first off the line program though.
1: Yeah, I like the first off the line, but it's just got it got hard to get.
0: It does, it does. Well, one that wasn't hard to get was the optic football. Uh, people aren't really taking to it. The, there's no Zion Williamson in the optics, so optic football I think is still up and it's been up there for like a week and a half now at 125 dollars a box.
1: So they still have it on there. They they
0: haven't sold out of them? No, they have not sold out of football uh, optic football, which is crazy because it's a good product.
1: So I love optic.
0: Yeah, if you go to PaniniAmerica.com, you can can buy all you want right now. So, I bought a couple boxes. I still have one sealed that I'm going to do on Vintage Breaks this weekend. Uh, I'm also breaking for Vintage Breaks these days. But I busted one, and I wanted to kind of share the results. Uh, Let's see. Here we go. So, we had our, uh, there's these uh, blue star cards with a, It's kind of a blue refractor, the base cards are numbered to 25, and it's got this really nice star pattern that you really can't see in the scans a whole lot, but I hit an Aaron Donald to 25, let me see if I can show it on my my camera. It's got this really nice blue stars pattern to it, numbered to 25. Uh, I hit a orange of Tyree Jackson numbered to 50. Um, Tyree hasn't done a lot because he's playing behind a pretty impressive quarterback in Kyle Allen. In Buffalo, but he's got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, from Buffalo University, playing for you know the Buffalo Bills. Uh, big six foot seven, two hundred and forty nine pound Hoss. So he's got a body like Cam Newton, and he's a physical specimen. He can run, he can throw. <clears throat> but he he's, he may not ever get the chance to play quarterback. It doesn't always matter. And my hit was a. Blue Stars, D.K. Metcalf. D.K. kind of stands He's for He's a stud. He is, man. He's D- a beast. D.K. does not stand for Donkey Kong, and I'm disappointed that his mom <laughs> didn't name him Donkey Kong. You know? Um, yeah, it's a little OC, but I'm glad to have it. It's, like, it's a guy I'm really excited about. Uh, Old Miss guy, even though I'm not really an Old Miss fan, I do have some fond memories. So, there we go.
2: I hate football
0: but you're I hate football
2: cards It's hard to make money on football cards.
0: Well, that's not all about making money like I watch a lot of oh well, no, I'm
2: saying if i'm busting if i'm if I'm breaking i'm breaking yeah. because I want to find something that i'm going to sell, but if i'm looking at football cards are really, really hard to make money on yeah if I'm a collector, that's one thing, but to 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 bust it to make money is not super easy yeah.
0: That's very true. Wide
2: receivers very rarely get any love,
1: you know. What uh, I mean, it's gotta, and it's got to be all quarterbacks if you're going football. Right, you got it. Right. It's quarterback. It's, yeah. Right.
0: Well, this quarterback draft only has two guys, and one stunk up the field in the late half of the season, and the other one, you know, kind of fell off a little bit too. Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones. Uh, the best- well, Haskins,
1: Haskins is playing now.
0: Is he, is he really playing or is he just kind of fumbling all over the place No,
1: he's playing. He had a
0: good game against the Eagles. <laughs> he, did.
1: he did well against the Eagles. You
2: can't really take that away from him. He had a really good game for a guy. Get the Buckhead. And of the thing is, you're starting to see the same you're starting to see the same intangibles in him in the pros that you saw from him in college in this and I'm not comparing the two, so don't write fail on my forehead. The same intangibles that you saw in Russell Wilson in college, that he's just a professional, professional. I don't think Haskins is ever getting near there. I think he's a middle-of-the-road, well, maybe, average quarterback. I,
1: think- I mean, let's be let's be real. He didn't get to play much in college. He played one year yeah. in college, correct? So, I mean, like, he's behind already. He's behind a lot of these guys that played three years in, in college. So, I mean, you, you're going to have to see him for two or three years in the NFL to yep. even kind of make any kind of decision on him. But I, I see him being more of the uh, the guy that played for the Titans and uh, more like Jamarcus Russell. He didn't. Play. Who played Young? Young played with the Titans. Young from Texas.
0: Vince Young. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't play much. So the two
1: things about Young though, but Young and and
2: uh, so the one thing I'll say about him and Jamarcus Russell is there was just an issue with their engines. I don't think you have that with Haskins. He's actually got an engine.
0: Yeah, Young had uh, – Vince Young and uh, Jesus Montero had similar – or Jamarcus Russell had, Correct. had similar – They liked ice cream. Yeah, they had similar habits. <laughs> to be fair, I you love know, ice cream uh, too. But.
2: <laughs> and I think, I think Chris, believe it or not, might have been the first person to kind of use that word with me on a fairly regular basis, which was, you know, you have to look at the their, their motors yeah. if you're going to figure out How good they're going to be because you can be any kind of physical beast that you want to. If you don't have the motor for it, you're you're not going anywhere. I mean that's why, you know, as much as I hate them, like you look at the, not the, I hate the Bosa brothers, but they both have they both have engines. They both got. You know what I mean? And then you look at T.J. Watt and J.J. Watt. And those two boys have engines, and, and, and the thing is, or motors. wasn't engines, it was motors. motors. The, the motors that they have, like T.J. Watt is not necessarily what you look at as a physically imposing beast of a player. Yeah. He just has a, a, a desire to him that's, that's different. But when I looked at Russell and Young and even – uh, who was the guy for the Redskins? Ryan Kerrigan. Atkins? Ryan
0: Kerrigan.
2: RG3? No, the, the RG3 and, yeah. and then you know like your Jeff Georges of the world going back a little more. They just didn't seem to ever have the desire to want to be really good at what they did.
1: Well I'm 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 with you to some extent on the on the engines on the engine part, but I mean I, I think a lot of quarterbacking in the NFL, you better have the intelligence. If you don't have yep. the intelligence in the NFL, man you're never going to be able to read the defenses. You're never going to be right. able to figure out what they're, what they're scheming and what they're, what they're switching to. You're, you're just, if right. you can't figure that out, you're not going to be successful.
2: Right. And in today's NFL, that's completely the thing. You look at these guys now. You can't be a quarterback in the NFL without being able to read a defense and audible and, and, and do those things that they do
1: now. And you have to do all of that in about 15, 20 seconds, which and, is and, damn and impressive. And, and remember your own playbook. On top right. of that, so what? Right. I mean, if you don't.
0: So what you're saying is there will never be another Brett Favre. <sighs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's still that somewhere. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can see there being another gunslinger man that just just goes out there and, and, and tries to read the field and just tries to just tries to you know you, use their strong arm and fit it in tight windows. I mean, Brett yeah. Far. Uh, I, 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 there won't be another Brett Far. There may be some somebody similar, so they might have some similarities. But Brett Brett Far, he's one of a kind in, in my in my yeah. opinion.
0: Gunslinger. I mean, I well, look I at mean, Philip uh, Rivers as almost
1: being the
2: same, right? Philip Rivers is kind of gunslinger too.
0: I don't know, man. I think Rivers is more Rivers is more intelligent than people give him credit for.
1: Yeah, I believe he's he's intelligent because I mean, man, he ain't he's got a funky delivery. His arm ain't. Yep. I don't think he he had he didn't have a cannon, did he?
0: He's got a motor though. Let me tell you, there's that's the competitive. He, yes, yep.
1: yes, he, he has that with intelligence. So he he made it go. He made it work because I mean, I he didn't have an arm. He's probably the best guy. I think the best quarterback that's ever you know played that really had didn't have much. Physical aspect to his game, yeah, but was successful. It was a
2: shame. It's a shame they've never been able to put a team around them.
0: Auburn told him no. Alabama told him no. LSU told him no. Tennessee told him no. NC State was one of the few yeses he had because he just didn't have that arm. But uh, I mean, what
1: do you think? What do you think was wrong with his team last year? I mean, they had a great, a great defense. I mean, just. You said they didn't have to put a team around him. I mean, his team last year was good. Wasn't last year's team kind of injured, though? They lost a few players.
0: Melvin Gordon went down. I'm
2: trying to remember. What's Mel- that?
0: Melvin Gordon went down.
2: He was hurt. I mean, I uh, mean I- I'm look at him, at, and, and I will tell you one thing. Phillip Rivers, for all the things I love about him, also can be his own worst enemy. He makes some really bad decisions as well, but I don't know.